The race is on to find life in other places in the solar system, from underground reservoirs on Mars to the subsurface oceans on Europa and Enceladus. If spacecraft, rovers, or even astronauts make the momentous discovery of life on another world, that'll just open up new questions. Did it originate all on its own, completely independently from Earth? Or are we somehow related? And if we are related, how long ago did our evolutionary trees branch away from each other? Even though Mars is millions of kilometers away, it could be possible that we're still related thanks to the concept of panspermia. The idea that meteor impacts could transfer rocks and maybe even living creatures from world to world. But could you go one step further? If we find life on another star system, could we discover that we're actually related to them too? Is galactic panspermia possible? Before I get talking about panspermia on a galactic level, I'd first like to just bring everyone up to speed on regular old panspermia. The concept was popularized by Fred Hoyle, Chandra Wickramasinghe, and John Watkins in the 1986 book called Viruses from Space and Related Matters. They discovered that dust in space contained organic compounds and proposed that new diseases could be falling to Earth from space. This would explain why disease outbreaks seem to happen randomly around the world. But planetary scientists have known for a while that larger objects do travel from world to world, meteorites. The Allen Hills 84001 meteorite, discovered as part of a survey in Antarctica, was found to contain captured gases that match the atmosphere of ancient Mars. At some point, about 17 million years ago, a meteor struck Mars and debris was thrown off into space faster than Mars's escape velocity. Some of this material orbited into the inner solar system, and ALH 4001 entered the Earth's atmosphere about 11,000 years ago, getting scooped up in 1984 by meteorite hunters. In fact, this has happened a lot. There are more than 70 Martian meteorites in the hands of scientists. The surprising discovery is how well various life forms can withstand the extreme conditions of space and then spring back to life when they're returned to Earth-like or even Mars-like conditions. In an experiment from 2014 to 2016, samples of various Earth life forms, from fungi to cyanobacteria, were exposed to the vacuum, extreme temperatures, and ultraviolet radiation of space itself outside the International Space Station. After they were brought back to Earth and returned to more reasonable conditions, they were able to recover, to continue on, even in a simulated Mars-like environment. It's still not clear if organisms can survive for long periods of time orbiting around the sun in the harsh vacuum of space, but life has already shown us what it's capable of. As they say in that dinosaur movie, life finds a way. When samples are returned from Mars, or a serious life-finding robotic laboratory travels to Mars, or if SpaceX delivers human scientists to Mars, and if they do find life, that just sets off a cascade of new questions. Is it life as we understand it with DNA, RNA, and similar processes to life on Earth? If it is, are we related? And if we are, when did we branch off? It could be possible to figure out roughly when a meteorite from Mars landed on Earth. Now don't get me wrong, if we do find life on Mars or Europa, it'll be one of the most important scientific discoveries in human history. But if it turns out that we're all related, 
that doesn't tell us anything about whether there's life anywhere else in the universe. What about getting life from star to star? Will we eventually discover that all life in the universe is related? Now, I know that Star Trek proposed this idea in the next generation that various humanoid species were related across the galaxy, but that's science fiction. Humanity clearly evolved right here on Earth. One of the weird things about life on Earth is the fact that it's been around for so long. The Earth is 4.5 billion years old, and there's direct evidence of bacteria colonies that lived almost 3.5 billion years ago. And if you calculate a common ancestor, life probably arose from hydrothermal vents in the oceans as far back as 3.8 billion years ago. And some researchers suggest that it's even older, literally as old as the Earth itself. Which seems kind of unusual. It's amazing that life arose the moment that it could. So what if it was seeded from another star system and took hold as soon as conditions were acceptable? You would think that one mechanism to get life across the galaxy would be to just scale up planetary meteorite impacts. But instead of getting just enough escape velocity to get away from Mars or Earth, an object could be shot fast enough to escape the entire solar system. But that's a big jump in velocity. While the escape velocity of Mars is 5.03 kilometers per second, you need 9.4 kilometers per second to just get into low Earth orbit. And to go from Earth orbit to escaping the entire solar system requires another 42.1 kilometers per second. The Voyagers, Pioneers, and New Horizons were able to achieve this feat by doing gravity assist past the massive planets in the solar system. The problem is that planets like Earth, which are big enough to generate a protective magnetosphere, are too difficult to escape from. Another idea is that light pressure and the solar winds could push lighter material out into the galaxy. But anything outside the protective magnetosphere of a place like Earth experiences relentless ultraviolet radiation inside the solar system and then damage from cosmic rays in interstellar space. This radiation strikes the DNA molecules of life, essentially killing it. Although, even if material was long dead when it reached a more hospitable environment, it could still be a source of complex organic molecules and give life a kickstart on another world. The term for this idea is necropanspermia. In theory, life could be protected inside rocky objects as small as one meter across, but these would be too difficult to push with light pressure alone. You need objects smaller than a millimeter to escape the pull of the sun. Of course, one last idea is that life is being intentionally seeded from world to world by aliens, and this is known as directed panspermia. But come on, once you say aliens did it, the argument is pretty much over. Aliens could have done anything or nothing. We've talked about how difficult it would be for meteorite impacts to send debris out into the galaxy. But there might be another way, comets. And we'll talk about that in a second. But first, I'd like to thank Sebastian Haffenberg, Daniel Lefrink, and the rest of our 842 patrons for their generous support. Educational content should be freely available to anyone in the world, and the patrons make this possible. Join our community at patreon.com universe today and get in on the action. Amir Siraj and Avi Loeb recently wrote a paper called Exporting Terrestrial Life Out of the Solar System with Gravitational Slingshots of Earth-Grazing Bodies. And well, I guess the title really explains it all there. They looked into whether it could be possible for asteroids or comets skimming through the Earth's atmosphere to carry biological material out into the galaxy. Life on Earth is mostly on the ground and in the oceans, but some of it is also in the atmosphere. 
In fact, microorganisms have been discovered at altitudes as high as 77 kilometers. This is high enough that a long period comet from the Oort cloud could just graze the Earth's atmosphere, scoop up a face full of bacteria and then fly out into deep space again. And if that comet encounters a planet or large object in the Kuiper belt, it could be kicked out into an interplanetary trajectory that takes it from the solar system out to another star. Thanks to Oumuamua and Comet 2i Borisov, we know that comets can get kicked out of their star systems and make an interstellar journey. In fact, there could be thousands of objects in the solar system right now. Siraj and Loeb simulated what might happen if a long period comet passes through the Earth's atmosphere. These objects are key because they just barely hold in orbit around the Sun, and it doesn't take much to kick them into an interstellar trajectory. They calculated how much atmospheric drag the objects would receive as they pass through the atmosphere, and also how much of a gravity slingshot they get. And they also determined how many bacteria would get scooped up by a comet as it passed through the atmosphere. Incredibly, bacteria can easily handle the kinds of instantaneous acceleration you'd get slamming into a comet screaming through the atmosphere, hundreds of thousands or even millions of g's of force. And based on their calculations, they estimated that this event could have happened up to 100,000 times in the history of the Earth. Now we haven't had a bright comet visible in the northern hemisphere's night sky since Hakutake back in 1996. And that was 15 million kilometers away. Imagine seeing a comet pass right through the Earth's atmosphere, live long enough and you might see that happen. Just got to wait 45,000 years or so. And if life is ever found floating as high as 100 kilometers in the Earth's atmosphere, Siraj and Loeb think that it would dramatically increase the number of escapees. Think of the trillions of planets across the Milky Way and the comets carrying living material on an escape velocity out of all those star systems. And it makes you wonder if all life in the galaxy might be related. Of course, if there is life across the Milky Way, we don't see any evidence of advanced civilizations out there. So yeah, we're back to the Fermi paradox. But then maybe it still means that only Earth ever evolved multicellular organisms. Single cellular life might be everywhere, but only Earth has animals and intelligence. Of course, so much of this is going to remain purely theoretical for a very long time. Even if we could sample interstellar comets, a tiny fraction of them would contain any interstellar bacteria. And if we do perceive faint biosignatures in the next generation of monster telescopes, we can't actually perceive their DNA yet. The only way to know once and for all is to send a mission to another star and actually sample them directly. And of course, if we do, we'll send our bacteria with us. What do you think? Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Here are the names of the patrons who support us at the $10 level and more. Want to see your name here and support the work we do? Go to patreon.com universe today. Once a week, I gather up all my space news into a single email newsletter and send it out. It's got pictures, brief highlights about the story, and links so you can find out more. Go to universetoday.com newsletter to sign up. And did you know that all of my videos are also available in a handy audio podcast format? So you can have the latest episodes as well as special bonus material like interviews with me show up right on your audio device. Go to universetoday.com audio or search for Universe Today on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll put a link in the show notes. Observing another world and even knowing if there's life there is going to be a difficult task. 
We did a whole video about the concept of biosignatures and how difficult it's going to be to know once and for all if there's extraterrestrial life. Watch that next.